you are divine. Hello there, my authentic seekers, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity, day five of five. Uh, it's our last day together. I mean, not really. I'm literally going to be back here on Monday morning at 4.44 a.m. Pacific uh, with a new episode that is not going to be on this same topic anymore, but uh, this is our last day of the five days of healing. So uh, today's episode, I feel like I'm the most excited for because this is about basically living beyond survival or after you have started to put in this deeply transformative healing work into action. And when you kind of reach a peak with it. Now, the first thing I want to say is in my opinion, healing is a lifelong journey. This is something that you choose the healing path and there, even if you feel like you've healed from past conditioning, past wounding, you become a new version of yourself. There are going to be new things that enter the arena. There are going to be new life lessons to learn. I'm not sitting here in front of you claiming to be like an omnipotent enlightened being. I'm not, there are still things that I got to work through. There are still things that I probably don't even know are going to affect me in the future, but I'm confident that future Chloe will handle future Chloe's problems and I'm okay just falling in love with the journey day by day as we move forward. And that's a place that I didn't know I would ever get to, which is really crazy to say. But I have a few things I want to cover in today's episode. The first one, I feel like I just really needed need to say just in general for the podcast. And I may talk about this in a future episode again, because I know not everybody is like listening to this whole series and it might just need to be like in a one-off, but if y'all have been here for the whole ride since 2021, when I had my mental health breakdown, Chloe Taylor, me, I am finally in a place where I am actually grateful for what I went through. And it's finally come completely full circle. And I'm grateful that I went through what I did because it served my evolution in a way that I never could have foreseen before. And I'm, I want to put this in this episode because to me, I currently live beyond that trauma. I live beyond anxiety. I live beyond depression. I don't live with panic attacks anymore. And I feel like in today's world, we need to have more people that have done conscious work with themselves or with a trained professional talking about how anxiety doesn't have to be the baseline and that I don't know exactly what your healing journey is going to look like. It's going to look different from mine. I'm absolutely sure of that, but you can live without these things and it is possible. We don't have to subscribe to the idea that these are just going to be here forever. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, certain mental health issues that might be a forever thing. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a therapist and I'm not a psychiatrist, but all I can tell you is that from my own experience of dealing with depression, disassociation, panic attacks, and anxiety, both generalized and social, there is a way to live beyond those things and actually live a really fulfilling life. And you don't have to suffer for the rest of your life. And I don't know if it's going to be this specific type of work that's going to change that for you, but this could be one of those tools that is a helping tool. And that's why I wanted to commit to five days of talking about this. That's why this episode is being made as well. And 
it's honestly a little vulnerable to get out there and to say these things because I don't feel like my voice is the norm. I feel like most people will tell you that, you know, everybody struggles with anxiety and everybody struggles with depression. And that's just the way that it is because look at how the world is. Of course it's this way and we're all going to feel this way forever. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about living beyond or without it. The, in fact, the only person I have heard say that, uh, is manifestation, babe. She is the first person that I ever heard say that she lives without anxiety and that it is possible. And maybe I'm just listening to the wrong people. So I haven't heard it, but I actually really do believe that in this present moment at this current time, I am living without it. And that doesn't mean that I'll never encounter it again in my life. That doesn't mean that things won't happen in my life that will shift the way that I feel, or maybe lead me down another path of healing where I'm going to have to work through these things again. I trust future Chloe to handle future Chloe's problems, but right now I can honestly tell you that I am living in a state of peace and vitality and joy. And it's weird because most people connect over a lack of those things. And I just hope if you're somebody out there that struggles in this way, at, at the very least, this episode will give you hope that things can change. And this doesn't have to be something that you deal with forever and for the rest of your life. Because if somebody had said that to me, that's always kind of what I remind myself with this podcast. If somebody had said that to me, it would have given me hope and it would have made me feel better. And maybe for others, that's not it. And there's, I can't control how everybody's going to take the things that I say, unfortunately, <laughs> nor would I want to though. I also believe that everybody should have their own ideas and their own opinions and that that's okay. And they're not always going to align with me and that's also okay. But I feel that this episode is important to note that, that I'm really grateful for what I experienced and went through and I feel like I'm not saying every experience you've ever had, especially if it was really traumatizing, has to be something that you come to be grateful for. All I can do is share my experience with you and that's what I wanna do here today. I'm not saying or making any kind of claim that this is gonna be your experience. I just wanna share mine. So take it for what it is and let's get more into it. The second thing I wanted to say, because I feel like it's on the same thread of being the new self of, you know, myself after experiencing all these traumatizing things and coming out a new person, finding peace, finding vitality, is that I used to tell myself that I was an introvert. And I kind of touched on this yesterday and I told you I would tell you about it today. I first want to say that there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. Absolutely nothing. And I'm going to tell you why there's nothing wrong with that in a moment. But for me, there is a reason that this was wrong. And that's because it's not true. Uh, my entire life, I have identified as an introvert because I told myself that I was better by myself. I preferred to be alone. That's actually not true. I love people. I love connection. I love conversing. And the problem was that I would tell myself I was an introvert because growing up in the house that I did, uh, there was a physical abuser and a verbal abuser. Those were the same person. And then we had a mental abuser raising a household. 
And because of that, my room was my sanctuary. It was the only place as being somebody that is highly sensitive felt safe for me. And so I would tell myself that I was an introvert, but really I felt like everything was just really overstimulating. Like even when it came to like big family gatherings, I'm the youngest of seven kids. And when I didn't really understand myself, when I didn't, you know, when you're little, you don't real you don't realize that not everybody else feels that way. But before I could understand that I was just really highly sensitive to stimuli, um, I would tell myself that I just worked better alone, that I was an introvert and I would just prefer to be alone. And also I didn't know how to set boundaries. And there was like so much toxic shit in my household <laughs> growing up. And it's, it's all stuff that I've learned to work through and heal through. But I used to say that I was an introvert because of this, because my home was very traumatizing. And so I would just always spend time alone. And this carried into adulthood, right? I still didn't know how to set boundaries. I still didn't connect with the right people. Even when I went into college, I always stayed in my room. Like I would spend weeks in my room only coming out to like make food and go to the bathroom. But I would just, my door was always locked. I was always in my room. I was always that kind of person that would just completely avoid people. And I still do this to a degree. Like if y'all saw my video where I absolutely hid under my desk from the Amazon prime truck, uh, mainly just because I just don't want to be looked at while I'm trying to work. But, um, that to me is more of a, don't like get me confused while I'm working, bro. <laughs> but I just, I would just convince myself of this and I would even bond with other people over like us both being introverts. And I have come to realize Chloe Taylor within the last couple of weeks, it dawned on me. I'm not an introvert. I am actually a hella extrovert. And the reason that I say this is I feel like the difference, if you're somebody that is an introvert to me, the true definition and I've not looked this up. This is just what I think is that if you recharge your batteries better alone, like your, your energy, if you recharge better by yourself than you do in the company of other people, to me, that means you're an introvert. You need time alone to recharge yourself and not because you have problems with everybody, not because you don't have boundaries, but you just prefer time by yourself to recharge. And it, on the flip side of that, if you're an extrovert, you recharge better in the company of other people and you would prefer to be around others to really fill yourself back up. And not because you're siphoning energy or anything like that, genuinely, just that's like being in like a group of others really, uh, rebalances you, recalibrates you. And I also think that there is something to be addressed here. Now that I've got you thinking about introverts and extroverts if you identify as an introvert, I would challenge you to ask yourself, are you actually an introvert or do you avoid people because you're a people pleaser and you avoid boundaries and having hard conversations with people? And if you identify as an extrovert, are you actually an extrovert or do you just avoid being by yourself because you don't know how to deal with your emotional problems? Because that's kind of the flip side, right? There's a flip side to both. And I have found that in a lot of people. I have found people that identify as extroverts that genuinely do not know how to be with themselves. And I've also seen the same thing with people who identify as introverts like myself. I 
would identify as an introvert because I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I hadn't worked with the part of myself that felt safe creating boundaries with even strangers. And now I don't feel that way. I feel like if somebody disrespected my boundary, especially if I've said it, I can take that temporary moment of discomfort and reset the boundary, or I can decide to leave. Like I don't have to put myself in uncomfortable situations. And it's through working with the part of myself that felt like I wasn't allowed to do that. So that's why parts work also is just like so important to me and talking about it and sharing with you that when you work on these things, you have the ability to create whole networks of yourself that your roles will completely shift. Like when you get in there and do the work with like the part of you that doesn't feel like they can stand up for themselves, maybe they shrink back because that's what they were taught to do. But when you actually talk to them, give them a voice and let that part of you shine, they might decide that they want a totally different role in your life. And now they're going to be the boundary setter and they're going to be the one that actually comes in to help you. And I feel like I could almost do a sixth episode on this series talking about the difference between uh, disassociative identity disorder and parts work because there is a big difference. Uh, I hope nobody has gotten that confused because I feel like I forgot to mention that early in this series and they are not the same thing. Dis, uh, I honestly feel like this book, No Bad Parts by Richard C. Schwartz, I'll link it down below for you. If you really want to get into like parts work, this is a great book. I'm not finished with it, but the parts that I have read, it's, it just explains it really beautifully and really puts it into perspective. And also the foreword is by Alanis Morissette. Like, could we ask for anything better? What a queen. Um, in any case, introverts and extroverts, I just wanted to put that in here because to me, this was a huge indication that I had healed from a lot of stuff that I didn't even realize needed healing when I was like, oh, I actually love talking to people. I actually love bonding with others. I actually love walking into a room of strangers and meeting new people that like fills me up. I love hearing about other people's lives and learning about other people and learning how they live and what they do and what they like to create and what their hobbies are. Like I love people. And prior to this healing work, I used to say that I hated people. It's like, I hate people. No, I don't hate people. I love people. And I want to see people get the help that they need. And I want to see people thrive. I don't want to see people survive. I want to see them thrive. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here sharing this work. So I wanted to mention those two things. And now the rest of this, we're actually going to go through this carousel that was posted by the holistic psychologist on March 19th. So this is a pretty recent post of hers. If you don't know the holistic psychologist, I love her work. I know there was a smear campaign on her work. I don't care. She helped me. I feel the same way about Teal Swan. I know that that is problematic to say that you like Teal Swan. I don't give a damn if Teal Swan is a cult leader. She helped me through some of my darkest shit that I've ever been through by listening to her videos. And even if she is a cult leader, I hope she's not. Like, I would prefer that not to be real. But I can't say that her work did not help in some way, right? I'm just, it is what it is. And I feel very much the same way about the holistic psychologist. It makes me really mad when people write to me and they're like, you shouldn't talk about her book. No, her book saved my life. And I completely disagree. And this is why I feel like cancel culture is dumb and I don't agree with it. And yes, I think that we should expect people to change when there is reason to change, but we also shouldn't be sitting here slamming people and 
it's just, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't care. Did they help me on my journey? Yes. That is, that, that's the long and short of it to me. Uh, do I feel like their methods helped me and made me feel better and not mentally unwell anymore? Yeah. So going to keep talking about her. Um, obviously I have some passionate feelings about that. <laughs> uh, but she posted this on March 19th on her Instagram. And I just want to go through this with you slide for slide because it really described every feeling that I had about living beyond having all of these issues that I was having, having for really intensely for the last like year and a half, almost two years. And she said, you're slowly leaving survival mode. Here's what to expect. We enter survival mode for many reasons. We're overworked, exhausted, unable to cope and disconnected from our own bodies. So we go through life on autopilot. And this was really true for me. As I mentioned before, going through what I went through, I was not grateful for it for a long time. And then I became grateful for it uh, more recently when I realized it kind of cracked my life wide open and it allowed me to integrate more parts of myself. It allowed me to stop hustling and being a workaholic 24 seven and actually get to the place where I enjoy my life. And I feel like without this experience and without going through this level of suffering, I don't know that I ever would have taken a look at my life like this. I would have just kept hustling and being disconnected from my body. Then she says, inevitably one day we hit an emotional rock bottom, or in my case, I fucking combusted a point where we just can't go on anymore. And life as we know it, this is the beginning of leaving survival mode. We start to wake up and I have a hard time with that phrase, wake up because I think it invites woke culture. And unfortunately I don't think being woke is a bad thing. I do think that unfortunately a lot of QAnon, Illuminati, a lot of that shit links into woke culture. It's like they came in and made being woke a bad thing. I don't think waking up to a new reality and to like a different way that you originally saw life and now you're seeing it differently is a bad thing. I think being woke about your own life is a good thing. I think woke culture, on the other hand, when we talk about conspiracy and spreading lies and hatred and white supremacy, that is a problem that we should not be doing. Uh, so I just wanted to put that in here that just because I like the way that she's worded this, I do not support necessarily woke culture. And I do think it sucks that woke being woke is now considered like a bad thing because of all of the shit that has been linked with it. But, uh, we start to wake up, we look at our relationships and right there, I'm going to tell you one of the first things I did when I was in the thick of my healing journey was broke up with one of my friends. I broke up with one of my friends and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And it's not because I have hard feelings about this person. I think to this day, they are probably still a wonderful person. I wish them literally absolutely nothing but the best in life. I hope they are out there thriving and fucking achieving all of their dreams. I hope one day I open the fucking magazine and I see that they are just thriving and they did some cool shit with their life. Truly. I have zero resentment 
I actually think this person really showed me a piece of myself that needed to be worked through. And I look at their involvement in my life as a blessing, even though it was a hard lesson that I had to learn. Um, but you will look at your relationships and this is something that even recently I have been doing and I have been creating more boundaries in all of my relationships, not just one or two, all of them. And I'm spending less time with all of the people in my life. And I am spending more time and again, not because I'm an introvert, but less time with anyone that I feel like, I don't want to say like takes issue with the way that I live, but if there's like too much overwhelming, um, too much overwhelming, like, I don't want to say like sadness or bad things like, cause that's not even it. I don't think I really mind when people talk to me about their problems. If anything, I want to be there and support them, but I don't, I refuse to spend all of my time with anyone that wants to sit and talk about how terrible the world is. That's like a strong boundary that I have because it took me so long to come to a place where I could come back to loving humanity and not feeling like I hate people and actually believing that the world is a good place that I won't sit with people that want to convince me otherwise. And I've had to put a lot of boundaries in place and a lot of space and a lot of distance there because it's easy for me to get roped back up into it. And it doesn't make me feel good. It makes my mental health like slide and I don't feel as hopeful or peaceful. And I wake up anxious and that's something that I have done for myself to like really find peace. So looking at your relationships is definitely a big one. Um, who we spend our time with our work and how it impacts ourselves and the world. And I do feel like when it comes to work, something that changed for me when I went through all of this healing work is that I used to be obsessed with analytics, like obsessed I was constantly in my analytics looking and looking and what can I do better and how can I outperform my last video and how can I make this better and just obsessed. I was constantly looking up YouTube hacks, constantly looking in the algorithms and I feel like I've really let that go. I very rarely even look at the views on my videos anymore and it is hard when like your career is the thing that also pays your bills and it's your creative hobby because when things don't perform it, like, and you're not able to pay your bills, that sucks. That's hard. That's really difficult. But I feel like I've really put a lot of the fun back into my work by not looking at these things. And also I gave all of the financial responsibility to my husband because he's not as creatively tied to the work that we make, even though he is the full-time editor for Chloe Taylor's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel. Um, He's not as like, it doesn't deplete him because he's not the one putting all the creative energy in. And so he's the one that now handles the finances. And that dramatically impacted the way that I felt about my work. If I constantly saw how much money we were bringing in or weren't bringing in, it would dramatically change the way that I felt about the work I was putting out. And so that was also something that I feel like I woke up to and was like, oh, how can I make this better? Well, I need to stop seeing the financial aspect. Um, and my husband does such a good job at it. 
And then uh, the next thing says what we want in our life, our true value. So this one's huge too. And I recently reposted this post on my stories uh, that Gary V had said, which is funny because usually I don't resonate with Gary V's work. I feel like he is a little too into hustle culture for me, but he put out one that said it was something about like, people need to realize that it's not a dream to make a billion dollars. The dream is to wake up feeling happy, satisfied, joy, and like fulfilled or like feeling good about life. The dream is to wake up and feel good about your life. And this is something that I feel like smacked me in the chest. Um, just in general, when I started to recover from survival and go through these healing things was I, I realized that before I was always hustling, right? I felt like a workaholic. I was always hustling. I was always trying to get to the next milestone, the next goal, the next big thing. And when I stopped and took a breath and slowed down and realized that I could like choose my day-to-day things and I could choose happiness and I could choose joy instead of wearing myself down constantly, trying to chase after this I don't even know what kind of goal you would call that. Like it wasn't necessarily a financial goal, but I felt like I was always chasing relaxation and peace. But when I actually started to give it to myself in the present moment, it made everything else in my life easier. Um, So like what we want in life, our true values. I basically came to this conclusion that I didn't want to wait until I was like 65 and retired to relax and enjoy my life. I wanted to, yes, still work because I enjoy the work that I do, but I wanted to relax and enjoy my life in the present moment as well. Because why would we wait until we're 65 to do that? Like, bitch, I'm in my prime. (laughs) Bitch, I'm in my prime. I'm going to relax right now. Um, The next thing is how our childhood impacts who we are today. This one I had been working on for years before the 2021 collapse of my life. Uh, I had been working on how my childhood impacted me from probably age like 19 through even today. So over 10 years, I had been looking at that. Um, then it says at first it's overwhelming. I sobbed on my kitchen floor many times, and this is true. It's overwhelming at first. When you do that first parts work meditation, if you decide to snag my course, it can be overwhelming at first. It can be really overwhelming. We start to practice self-care, establish routines, and sometimes for the first time in our lives, we set boundaries. This is absolutely the truth. When you're coming out of survival, this is it. You start to actually practice self-care. You establish routines that support the person you are becoming and who you want to be. And sometimes you start to set boundaries. Suddenly, we don't fit into society. The dysfunction has become crystal clear and we're no longer willing to participate. Absolutely. This is why I said at the beginning of this episode that I feel like society's idea is that everybody needs to suffer mentally. And, you know, if you don't have anxiety, are you really living on planet Earth? And how dare anybody be mentally well when the world looks like this? And to me, that is such dysfunction. That is such dysfunction to... A, believe that everybody should suffer like that. And B, 
especially in America. And I'm going to toot this as loud as I can because it really just, I told you before I could scream just about how we do not take care of people in this country. And the dysfunction is so crystal clear. You know, we tell people that they need to basically work until they die and they're still not going to be able to afford a house in this economy. And then on top of that, we do nothing to care for people. There's no paternity leave, no maternity leave. There's no um, mental health days. There's no uh, free health care. So we can't even get the care that we need. And nobody should have to decide if they can pay rent or afford their medication. That just, it makes me want to scream. It is so fucking dysfunctional and so many people just accept it and, or say like, this is just how it is, you know, like this is just how it will be. And this is just how it is. I'm always going to feel like this and no, it's dysfunctional and this country needs help. (laughs) And it might be in other parts of the world as well. I'm only speaking to America because I live here and I see what it's like. Uh, and we're no longer willing to participate. So that's something else. Um, I'm not willing to participate. I'm not willing to, um, I'm not willing, like before I would sit and stress myself out. Like today, for example, my video went out without a thumbnail on it. (laughs) And some of you maybe saw it, uh, yesterday. If you're listening to these as they're going, one of my YouTube videos on my channel went out without a thumbnail on accident. And in the past I would have beat myself up about that. I would have berated myself for the rest of the day about letting something go out there imperfect like that, especially as a Virgo midheaven where like I pay so much attention to the details. And if you want to get technical, it wasn't my fault. My husband's the one that does the uploading and like publishing. So it's technically his fault, but still I would have absolutely fallen apart over that. And I'm just not willing to participate. I'm just not willing to make myself this picture, perfect, picturesque, cookie cutter, perfect idea of branding, perfect idea of having an upload schedule, perfect idea of how I need to show up in the world. I'm just not willing. And I'm also not willing to cover up for anyone, right? I'm not willing to like everything. I feel like even the way that we tell people like, Oh, you dress like that. You look like a whore. No, this is just my body. There's no, this is just my body. And these are the clothes that I want to put on my body. And it doesn't matter if I am somebody that has more fat on my body. I can still wear a string bikini if I want to. Like there's no, there is so much dysfunctioned way of looking at the individual, of looking at people as a whole, of looking at family systems, of it, there is so much dysfunction and it's, it's maddening. It's maddening. And when you don't want to participate, it can get really like nerve wracking because it's almost like you have to participate to be a part of the world to like, not just be a part of the world, but like, even in the way that like on my YouTube channel, right? Okay. YouTube really honors clickbait titles. So all of my titles are clickbaity as hell because I have to play the game. I have to play the game or I'm not going to get seen. And so like, it makes things like that hard because it feels like your integrity becomes compromised. And there are some things that like you almost have to do in order to still 
function in society, but I do feel like a lot of the dysfunction becomes really clear and you're going to get mad. Um, our confidence builds, we restore our self-trust. This one's huge. This is why I talk to y'all about keeping promises to yourself on this podcast a lot. When you start to restore your confidence and you restore the way that you trust yourself, you're going to feel so much better. Relationships start to shift. Some relationships end. We're making space for new people and new experiences in our lives. Our nervous system is adapting. Our thought patterns are shifting. We have glimmers of hope, of belonging, and of connection, sometimes for the first time in decades. Instead of people-pleasing, we're respecting ourselves. We're making choices in our own best interest. Instead of people-pleasing, we're choosing ourselves. And that one's huge, too. Like, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of a good example in my life of how I just knew that I was acting in accordance with myself recently. This one I feel like is kind of a big one. I had an uncle pass away recently and we weren't very close. Like it's like, I feel bad for my mom. Like it was her brother. You know, of course I feel sorrow. Also, I'm so sorry if you can hear that. I have no idea what's going on outside. We usually don't have a lot of like noises like that. Um, I can't tell if it's like a boat engine or a bike or something or a plane, but there's like a kind of a loud engine noise outside. But I have stopped this podcast so many times for noise today that I'm just not willing anymore. So well, the thing I wanted to say though, is that, uh, you know, I recently had my mom's brother, my uncle pass away. And in the past, I would have felt guilty if I didn't go home and be with my family for that. And I mind you, I was just home. I went home in February. I saw my family. It was an awesome experience. I just spent a bunch of money doing that. Like the, right now is not a feasible time for me to go again. And I knew that like financially, it didn't make sense for me. That was probably the number one is financially. It didn't make sense. And also me and this uncle were not particularly close. And instead I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to go. And even if somebody had asked me to, which nobody did, actually, it ended up being totally different. And the service that they did for him was back in his hometown. And it was just like totally, totally different than what I expected. But instead of immediately feeling like I had to go over budget, spend money that I didn't have, buy a ticket, go home, spend time mourning a person that I'm not trying to be rude. Like I do think losing human life is always like a reason to mourn, but we genuinely were not close. Like it would have been like mourning a stranger for me and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it just, it didn't make sense. And other than being supportive, like for my mother, it wouldn't have made sense. And so instead of, you know, doing things that would not have made sense, this could have been a wedding and I would have felt the same way. Like instead of trying to force something that would not have made sense right now, I was like, you know what, what can I do? So I sent a wind chime to my parents' house that was very themed perfectly for this person. Uh, and they both appreciated it so much, both of my parents. And I sent my condolences. I asked if there was anything I could do to support them. And that was that, you know, I called both of my parents. I asked them how they were, how they were doing, if I could do anything. And that was as much as I could give. And I knew that nobody actually asked me to give any more than that, but I was anticipating having to give beyond that. And 
I basically just made it really clear from the jump that this is how I can support you. And like, if you need to talk, I'm here for you. But I think it's the fact that I was prepared to lay a boundary. If I had to, I was prepared to tell somebody it's not really the right time for me to, uh, fly out there. It's just, you know, I can support you from here. And if, if you need to talk, I'm here for you, but I was prepared. I was prepared to set that boundary. I was prepared to choose myself instead, even in a situation that I would say is pretty like, it's hard to set a boundary around something like that. It's the same way when like somebody is getting married and like, you don't want them to think that you're not happy for them. But like, frankly, sometimes it's just not feasible. I've totally had that happen in my life. And I felt like a lot of shame not going to somebody's wedding before. And now I think it's a perfectly reasonable reason to not go to a life-changing event. If it's something that is going to like fuck you up. Like if I had I had to spend money to feed myself, fly out there, do like, even just to not work for however much time I decided to spend, it would have put me back. Like financially, it would have been just not a good move for me right now. And that is a perfectly good reason. That is a perfectly good reason. And I feel like in the past, I would have felt like that was not enough of a reason. I would have felt bad. And I just feel like, I don't people please, I respect myself and I choose myself and not in a narcissistic way, not in a, um, conceited way, but I choose myself. And I feel like also in today's world, we've decided that choosing ourselves is a bad thing or that it's selfish and it's not, it's actually one of the most selfless things you can do because when you choose yourself, it transforms once again, as we've been saying all the relationships that you have. And what do I always tell you when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. So I wanted to just cover those slides, kind of talk about what it feels like to come out of survival and to like, feel like you're healing. It can come with its own set of problems, but know that, and like, please return to this episode. If you feel like you're going through it and you're healing and you're trying to feel better and you're feeling lost please know that that is part of the process. Please know that when you start to choose yourself, that's going to come with a lot of tension and not only from people in your life, but also you might even feel a lot of guilt and it's very normal. It's very normal to feel guilty about doing things that maybe nobody in your life has ever shown you how to do. And the more that you choose yourself, the easier and better it gets and your peace will be restored. I really do believe that your peace will be restored. And I feel like that's all I want to say in this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please do not forget to check out my course down below. Link is going to be there. Thank you so much for being with me for these five days. I hope you got something out of it, regardless of if you purchased the course or you didn't. Uh, I hope that these episodes led you through just knowing that there is something on the other side that you are, you can be your own best healer and that I hope I've just given you the confidence to know that wherever you are right now, I'm not saying that this is going to be the perfect method for you, but I hope just hearing somebody else that has really healed from a lot of this stuff, it just gives you the confidence to know that you can too. And I love you so much. 
And I'm not going to say it again because I already did about the authenticity and standing in it. <laughs> and all my links are down below and I will talk to you again on Monday morning. All right. Bye.